Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, and welcome to TLS Voices. I'm Alan Jenkins, the deputy editor and poetry editor of the TLS. T.S. Eliot left his job with Lloyds Bank in 1925 to join the new publishing firm of Faber and Guire. Still in his 30s, a poet with an already formidable reputation among the avant-garde and a critic whose authority and reach were growing steadily, in part due to his regular appearances in the TLS, then under the editorship of Bruce Richmond, Eliot was given a wide editorial brief with special responsibility for new poetry. In 1927, Faber's autumn catalogue announced a series of pamphlets that paired a new poem by various leading poets of the day with artwork from an eminent artist. These aerial poems, as they were called, sold for one shilling each and were, the catalogue continued, designed to take the place of Christmas cards and other similar tokens that one sends for remembrance sake at certain times of the year. Some of the poems have Christmas for their subject, but a genuine poem is not a thing appropriate only to one season of the year, and any one of these poems with its attendant decorations would be a joy to read and to see at any time. Among the eight poets in that first year of the series were Thomas Hardy, Lawrence Binion, Walter de la Mer, G.K. Chesterton and T.S. Eliot himself, while the artists whose work accompanied theirs included Barnett Friedman, E. McKnight Cowfer, John Nash and Paul Nash. The series continued for five years, with contributors who included Edmund Blunden, Harold Monroe, W.H. Davies and W.B. Yeats. Eliot himself contributed a poem every year. He subsequently published four of those poems together under the heading Aerial Poems, Nobody else seemed to want the title afterward, he remembered, in successive editions of his collected verse. He wrote a final aerial poem in 1954, when Faber and Faber, as it had by then become, revived the idea for a second series. Faber have now reissued all six of Eliot's contributions, along with their original illustrations, in a single volume. Journey of the Magi, one of Eliot's best-loved works, was his first aerial poem. Triumphal March, written in 1931 and encompassing the aftermath of the First World War, the global resurgence of militarism and the totalitarian cult of personality, remains one of his boldest, most troubling and experimental works. What follows 
is a selection from both Eliot's aerial poems and some of the poets he commissioned. The presence of Thomas Hardy among them is especially noteworthy, given the antipathy or incomprehension Eliot expressed for Hardy's poems. As an editor, though, he knew that Hardy, 87 years of age and England's preeminent man of letters in 1927, could not be left out. Yuletide in a Younger World by Thomas Hardy We believed in high days then, and could glimpse at night, on Christmas Eve, imminent oncomings of radiant revel, doings of delight. Now we have no such sight. We had eyes for phantoms then, and at bridge or stile, on Christmas Eve, clear beheld those countless ones who had crossed it, cross again in file such as ceased long while. We liked divination then, and as they homeward wound on Christmas Eve, we could read men's dreams within them spinning, even as wheels spin round. Now we are blinker-bound. We heard still small voices then, and in the dim serene of Christmas Eve, caught the far-time tones of fire-filled prophets long on earth unseen. Can such ever have been? The Wonder Night by Lawrence Binion Now danced are all the dances, and all the games are done. The merry noise, the laughter, feasting and lights and fun. The gifts unwrapped and given, the forfeits paid and won. Now firelight pranks the ceiling above each sleepy head. It warms a hand that's clasping the new toy hugged in bed. On hair it flickers golden, and cheeks of rosier red. But one who wakes from dreaming, for something stirs her mind, as if in dream persisting some fairy land to find, steals tiptoe in her nightgown, and peeps beyond the blind. Lo, stars in frosty stillness that hush the heart, so bright they sparkle among the branches of the old oak in the night. Ten thousand stars, and one star exceeding all in light. Her heart beats in the darkness. What if, beyond somewhere, the shepherds now are shuffling across the common bare, the path she knows by pond and hedge, the wonder sight to share? And the wise men, are they coming, with long beards furred and stoled, the jewelled east behind them, laden with spice and gold? She sees them clear, she sees them, how wise and, oh, how old. Tonight the wise are simple, and the old forget to scorn the young heart and the foolish, the sad are not forlorn. Hope holds the world in wonder, because a child is born. Walter de la Mer was a poet for whom Eliot did have a strong admiration, and he wrote several aerial poems. Here are two of them. First, Alone. The abode of the nightingale is bare, Flowered frost congeals in the jellied air, the fox howls from his frozen lair. Alas, my loved one is gone. I am alone. It is winter. Once the pink cast a whiny smell. The wild bee hung in the hyacinth bell. Light in effulgence of beauty fell. Alas, my loved one is gone. I am alone. It is winter. My candle a silent fire doth shed. Starry Orion hunts overhead. Come, moth. Come shadow, the world is dead. 
Alas, my loved one is gone. I am alone. It is winter. This is the snowdrop. Now, now, as low I stooped, thought I, I will see what this snowdrop is. So shall I put much argument by and solve a lifetime's mysteries. A northern wind had frozen the grass. Its blades were hoar with crystal rime. A glint like light-dissecting glass at beam of morning prime. From hidden bulb, the flower reared up its angled, slender, cold, dark stem, whence dangled an inverted cup for tri-leaved diadem. Beneath these ice-pure sepals lay a triplet of green-penciled snow, which in the chill-aired gloom of day stirred softly to and fro. Mind-fixed, but else made vacant, I, lost to my body, called my soul to don that frail solemnity, its inmost self my goal. And though in vain no mortal mind across that threshold yet hath fared, in this collusion I divined some consciousness we shared. Strange roads, while suns a myriad set, had led us through infinity, and where they crossed, there then had met not two of us, but three. Siegfried Sassoon also contributed several poems to the series. Here is In Sicily. Because we too can never again come back on life's one forward track, never again first happily explore this valley of rocks and vines and orange trees, half biblical and half Hesperides, with dark blue seas calling from a shell-strewn shore. By the strange power of spring's resistless green, let us be true to what we have shared and seen, and as our amulet this idyll save. And since the unreturning day must die, let it forever be lit by an evening sky, and the wild myrtle grow upon its grave. The Winter Solstice by Harold Monroe While they, those primitive men, were sacrificing all their fruits away, Nevertheless the sun smouldered and earlier sank each icy day, until at last his rays were so curtailed and they were driven back so far in dark that all began to think he might have failed. In air they raised their gnarled and muscled arms, laying upon the troubled plain gigantic shadows, shrieking their alarms, invoking him that only he remain, though all the while that old and regular sun gleamed on their frightened face nor change the purpose he had well begun. At length, when they discovered he was true, that tortured season where he seems to go, drowsing himself away in lemon blue, under the earth so low, became no more a bleak lament for him, but a large feast to glorify the rite, the clean recapture of his former light. We learned to flock together from the cold, and mingle in the glow of rooms in which his captured gold provides ecstatic overflow. While, memory can guess, plain dutied earth outside and in the dark is thrusting clumsy sap through stubborn clay, and nearly, could one hark their crackling talk, one might discern the birth of leaves and daffodils and such as they. A Song for Simeon by T.S. Eliot. Lord, the Roman hyacinths are blooming in bowls, and the winter sun creeps by the snow hills. 
the stubborn season has made stand. My life is light, waiting for the death wind, like a feather on the back of my hand. Dust in sunlight and memory in corners, wait for the wind that chills towards the dead land. Grant us thy peace. I have walked many years in this city, kept faith and fast, provided for the poor, have given and taken honour and ease. There went never any rejected from my door. Who shall remember my house? Where shall live my children's children when the time of sorrow is come? They will take to the goat's path and the fox's home, fleeing from the foreign faces and the foreign swords. Before the time of cords and scourges and lamentation, grant us thy peace. Before the stations of the mountain of desolation, before the certain hour of maternal sorrow, now at this birth season of decease, let the infant, the still unspeaking and unspoken word, grant Israel's consolation to one who has eighty years and no tomorrow, according to thy word. They shall praise thee and suffer in every generation with glory and derision, light upon light, mounting the saint's stair. Not for me the martyrdom, the ecstasy of thought and prayer. Not for me the ultimate vision. Grant me thy peace, and the sword shall pierce thy heart, thine also. I am tired with my own life and the lives of those after me. I am dying in my own death and the deaths of those after me. Let thy servant depart, having seen thy salvation. And finally, Journey of the Magi by T.S. Eliot. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey. The ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter. And the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow. There were times we regretted, the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel men cursing and grumbling and running away and wanting their liquor and women and the night fires going out and the lack of shelters and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end we preferred to travel all night, sleeping in snatches, with the voices singing in our ears, saying that this was all folly. Then at dawn we came down to a temperate valley, wet, below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a watermill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, six hands at an open door dicing for pieces of silver, and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information, and so we continued and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon finding the place. It was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago, I remember, and I would do it again, but set down this, set down this. Were we led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly, we had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death, 
We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. In this week's TLS, read James Campbell on Norman Mader's letters, Michael Keynes on the undiluted Dylan Thomas, reviews of both A.N. Wilson's Victoria and short story collections by Hilary Mantel and Margaret Atwood. There's the trolling of Marjorie Kemp, the Christmas quiz and pantomime. To find out more about the TLS and to read a free selection of pieces from this week's issue, go to our website, the-tls.co.uk. You can read the TLS in full every week in print or via our app, which is available on iTunes and in the Amazon App Store. The TLS, life in every word. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.